When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hey, it's Scott. Before we get to today's podcast, I wanted to remind you about Football Insider. The regular season is getting closer every day, and if you want to stay up to date on all things Browns, Football Insider is a great way to do it. Subscription gets you text updates sent right to your phone from me, Dan, Mary Kay, and Ellis. You also get access to all the exclusive content you see on Cleveland.com. A lot of it's free, but quite a bit of stuff we write about the Browns requires a Football Insider subscription to access. You also get our daily newsletter, which includes content that only appears in the newsletter. So go to cleveland.com slash Browns, click on the blue banner at the top of the page, and learn how to get signed up. All right, let's do it. Here's today's Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Here we go on a Thursday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Dan Lobby, Mary Kate, Abbott, Scott Patsko. And let's discuss everything we saw at practice today. It was hot. It felt like a training camp practice today, even though these things are starting to wind down here in Berea. But let's get to it. And Mary Kay, you pointed this out uh, when we did our Hey Mary Kay video right before we recorded this. This defense is starting to look a little more whole. And it really stood out. We saw a play where Case Keenum threw the ball. Anthony Walker, your starting Mike linebacker, tipped it up in the air. John Johnson, your starting safety, came down with it. You saw at least a little bit of what this defense is going to look like, even if it's not quite all the way there yet. Yeah, I mean, for this whole entire training camp, we've been looking out there and seeing so many guys over on the sidelines in bucket hats. I mean, think of all those days where we didn't even see Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney practicing, where we didn't see Ronnie Harrison out there practicing, uh, where we didn't see Denzel out there. So today was one of the first days where, you know, I really felt like I looked out there and I saw what this defense can look like and what it can be. Now, again, there are a few guys that are still not there. Uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa was off to the side still. Uh, Greedy Williams still off to the side and Grant Delpit. But for the most part, you've got your starters out there. Because right now, Mac Wilson is the starter on the depth chart and still could be the starter uh, once they get to Kansas City. This little forehead stitches thing that's going on with JOK, uh, you know, it was enough of a setback for him that, you know, maybe he won't be able to be in the starting lineup. Maybe he has to come in off the bench in that game. So I think we were looking today at, at what is, you know, really the starting defense. And it looks pretty darn good when you look out there and you see Miles and Jadavian on the edges and, and you see, you know, Denzel and Greg Newsome, who I called that race 
on Sunday <laughs> after that day, right? I, I've called that race. Greg Newsom starting at cornerback, no question about it. Uh, so it looked pretty good today when they were all out there. Yeah, and I feel like it's even yesterday, uh, Wednesday, it it felt like you know, all these guys are kind of like hovering around. Like they're not off to the side so much anymore. They're participating in individual drills. They're getting a taste here and there and some team stuff, but they're just around where they're supposed to be. And it's just, you know, one step closer to, you know, what they ultimately want is obviously having all those guys out there. Uh, so yeah, it's definitely a step in the right direction. Uh, we're still going to wait, you know, over two weeks to, I think, see everybody uh, or at least as close to everybody as we're going to see over the first part of this season. But uh, it's good to see those guys just near everything and not off to the side in the bucket head, riding the bike. Now, Scott, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it almost sounded a little bit like Joe Woods almost conceded today that, like, we're probably not going to see the full defense week one, that, you know, he keeps talking about this big dime. We probably are not going to be able to really see that in its full glory in week one against Kansas City. It might take some time. I thought it was interesting that he sort of conceded that in a way that, like, you know, I just don't know that we're going to get a full look at this defense. So maybe today what we saw with a couple guys here and there, maybe JOK or somebody else, maybe what we saw today really is going to be what we see week one. Yeah, and I, I got the feeling he was talking more about Grant Delpit there, uh, not being able to do a lot of the things that they have planned around him. Um, but like you said, you know, you, you've been able to put a lot of the uh, – backups guys who are competing for those backup jobs they've gotten a lot of reps and a lot of look from these coaches and they I would guess have a much better sense of what those guys can do and can't do than they might have if everybody had been healthy so yeah you want everybody out there but they still found a way to make this a productive camp in that you know they're they really I think they really have a good grasp on what guys can do down the depth chart you know far as, as Grant Delpit is concerned, um, you know, they still have really high hopes for him. They still believe uh, that he can come back and be a key contributor. Now, it might not be in the first game anymore. That's looking less and less likely as the days go by. But I still think they have really high hopes for him. They feel like he looked good before the hamstring. And from an Achilles standpoint, it seemed like they were pretty confident that he was making a comeback from that very, very difficult injury. So you never really know. A lot of times you do have these residual injuries when you have a big surgery like that. And it could be the same thing with Odell or anybody else that has uh, an ACL or an Achilles. A lot of times your body, you know, compensates for something and you end up with something else like Grant has right now with the hamstring. But from everything I can gather, they still are eagerly awaiting you know, the big nickel with those three safeties, the dime packages, and all those other things that they want Grant to be in. Okay, the other thing we saw today, uh, Odell Beckham Jr., we talked about him a little bit yesterday, but there was another step forward today. And Alex Van Pelt uh, talked a lot about OBJ today, said he's hopeful he'll be there week one. Yeah, it's just another one of those weird situations where no coach is on this staff is just willing to commit to anything. They're, they're really playing it coy, but... Uh, OBJ was out there today doing some team drills, like 11 on 11 team drills. It was light. Well, I shouldn't say it was light because it was, they were moving pretty fast, but it was against the scout team. He was with the first team. They didn't throw the ball. I don't know if they threw the ball at all when he was on the field, uh, but they certainly didn't throw it to him. Still, 
I mean, Mary Kate, this is a positive step forward to see Odell Beckham on the field in 11 on 11 work. Yeah, you know what? The thing that I thought that was significant about it is the fact that yesterday he did way more seven on sevens than we've seen him do. I've seen him take a few seven on sevens here and there, you know, like maybe one rep. Uh, and sometimes, you know, he didn't really, they didn't really necessarily have full pads on when they did that. I think I saw him take one seven on seven against the giants. Maybe, maybe not, but I, I know I've seen him in a few just random sporadic seven on sevens. So he got, you know, he ramped up into better seven on sevens yesterday. And then instead of dialing it back today and saying, okay, take it easy. Don't put them in the pads today. You know, have them standing on the sidelines or just do individual drills. They actually moved him ahead. And as you said, threw him into a couple of 11 on 11s. And this was the first time we have seen him in an 11 on 11 drill with pads on. I have not seen that happen one other time this entire camp. So I did think that that was another significant little step forward. As you mentioned, they didn't make him, you know, go up to catch a pass and, and go rolling, you know, make some rolling catch and fall down on the ground with a defensive back, right? I mean, they didn't do that. But just to get him out there in the rhythm and the flow of the offense, and here's where you're going to be on this route and this, you know, formation, uh, I, I thought that was pretty significant. Yeah, Damian Davis is the guy they made go up and, catch a pass and roll onto the ground and he made a really nice catch today. Uh, but as far as Odell goes, I'm no longer concerned about whether or not he's going to be ready. Uh, and that really happened. Yes. Uh, Wednesday when they were inside, they have, sometimes they'll do before they go to the seven on seven session, the offense will kind of walk through uh, what, you know, some of the things are going to do and the quarterback kind of works on progressions and it's all, it's all very much walking. It's jogging. It's, you know, the quarterback gets flipped the ball and everybody, kind of jogs out a little bit, turns around, goes through their route, and then he dumps it off to somebody. But when Odell was involved with that, he's like, he'll, he does this lightning move right off the snap as if there's somebody there. Then he'll jog to his cut, and then that cut is, is just really quick, fast. And then he'll go back to jogging. And it's just, just stop, start, stop, start. And you know, he's the only guy out there doing that. And it's clear, like when you watch that and you watch him – sprinting full go in some of the passing drills or when he's just working with Baker, he, I mean, he's ready to go. It's, they're just keeping him away from, from harm's way. And he's clearly just ready to burst out on, on week one. Yeah. I thought it was notable on Wednesday that him and Denzel and Jarvis Landry and Anthony Schwartz were doing like sprints. Um, not like all out sprints, but they were in one end zone, just kind of doing sprints. And then Odell was working. He was actually working with the DBs. The, the assistant DBs coach called him over and he was doing work, like giving them sort of a body uh, to run routes with. And, and so I, th I think those were significant steps. And I think that's why that seven on seven rep yesterday just felt different. And I think that's kind of confirmed a little bit today because now he's in 11 on 11. I think the question here is, how much can we realistically expect to see Odell week one? Not, not like, let's just assume he's going to be out there, but can he play a starter's load of reps? Does it need to be tempered a little bit? Does he play half the offensive reps? What can we realistically expect from him 
in week one against Kansas City? Um, you know, I really think that they will proceed with caution with Odell. I think he's going to want to play the whole entire game. He's very competitive. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. He's going to want to go show out and just really kick off the season with a bang. But I think they're going to be very, very careful with him uh, because game speed is completely different. He will not have played a full game or any kind of a game since October 25th of last year. That's a long time. That's also, uh, you know, less than a year since he's had surgery and ACL. So coming off this surgery and not having any contact whatsoever, it's just a different animal out there. And these, they have some good defensive backs in Kansas city. Uh, they play very physical, they play tough and they're not going to show any mercy on Odell Beckham jr just because he's coming off of a torn ACL. So I think that it will be kind of uh, let's see how it goes. Let's see what he's ready for, because the truth of the matter is they're not going to be able to simulate getting tackled and getting hit and seeing how he withstands and absorbs that kind of contact before September 12th. Yeah, he played 55 snaps in, the, in week one last year, and he played at least that many snaps in, in almost every game. Uh, every full game that he played last year. So, yeah, I, I totally agree. I don't think you're going to see that, like, you know, 75, 80% of the snaps from Beckham, but um, they're going to have to be choosy on also on the routes he runs. Um, maybe don't open the game with a <laughs> with a deep ball down the sideline. Okay, maybe kind of work up to that, you know? Uh, but, yeah, I think it'll probably be a limited ramp-up kind of deal with him for sure. So who are, who are your starting receivers that day? I'm just curious. Who do you guys have out there? You know what? Symbolically, I think I would probably start with yeah. Odell and Jarvis. And if you start, obviously, in three wides, which, you know, they, they very well could do that, uh, then, then it's Donovan Peoples-Jones. So I just would not be surprised whatsoever uh, if you see those three guys out on the field uh, together. In fact, that's, that's how I would start the game. I think that gives you your, your best, strongest personnel. Uh, then it's just a matter of who do you put at tight end. And right now I'd put David Njoku in with that group. I think that gives you your most dangerous group of pass catchers. Um, but if, if they don't feel like Godell is ready for that, then you go Jarvis and Donovan Peoples-Jones. And if you're going three wides, you throw Richard Higgins in there. Yeah, I think it'll be uh, Odell and Jarvis on the field to start. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Peoples-Jones has the same number or a similar number of snaps to Odell, like if that's kind of a platoon situation with, with those two guys. Let's talk a little bit about Anthony Schwartz. Uh, he, he was back in team today. You know, I thought there was something interesting that got said today that I, I kind of just thought of as we were sitting here. Mike Prefer kind of pointed out Anthony Schwartz as a guy that he kind of would like to be his kick returner. I just wonder, like, does, does that mean anything to you guys? Did that strike a note with you guys when he said that? Like, he really did single him out as a, a very a talented player that, like, he almost made it sound like he'd prefer he be the kick returner. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but that's almost just how it sounded reading between the lines. Well, yeah, you know what? Oh, go ahead, Scott. Okay, I'm, I'm actually looking for the quote. I think what he said is he really wants to see him return kicks because we really haven't gotten a chance to see that. And Schwartz uh, did not do that, if I remember correctly. He did not do that in college. Um, so he wants to see him do it here. You want a chance to see what that speed can do as a kick returner. Um, 
so yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And you have to believe that Schwartz is going to be on this roster. Uh, whether or not he actually gets back there at some point will depend on, I guess, whether or not Jojo Natson is kept. Because if it's Donovan Peoples-Jones out there for week one as the punt returner, or even Demetric Felton, I would think they're going to give Anthony Schwartz every every opportunity possible to, to work his way into that. Yeah, who would, who would not want that speed on the field if you can get it, right? If you're Mike Prefer, who doesn't want 4.26 speed flying down the field on a return, right? They need some dynamic returns. They did not finish with good special teams last year, right? They need a jolt of life in the return game, right? They really do. And I mean, you're looking at that guy and thinking, wow, uh, he can really provide that. But you're also looking at a player who is already struggling with hamstring injuries. And those things can linger throughout an entire season if you're not careful. So, you know, maybe they would risk putting him back there. Uh, but I think more so than anything that they'll try to get him healthy so that he can contribute on offense. Because I think that Alex Van Pelt will need that a little bit more than Mike Prefer will. Okay, so let me ask you guys the same question I did with Odell about Anthony Schwartz. With him getting some team teamwork today, what's a realistic expectation for him against Kansas City? I think you give him a small package of plays. I, I, he's got more than two weeks to, to ramp up and get ready and heal and get treatment. Uh, I think that you definitely want Kansas City thinking about that kind of speed on the field. You want their defensive coordinator worrying about it. You want their defensive backs thinking about it. So I would give him a small package of plays. I would keep it very simple. He hasn't practiced very much at all. What he needs to focus on is really concentrating on the catch through the catch and making sure he secures the ball. Uh, so I wouldn't make anything real super complicated for him. I would keep it simple, give him a couple go routes, a couple easy things to do. And, uh, and I would give him, you know, I'd probably give him eight to 10 snaps, something like that. Yeah, and even more than throwing to him, using him to clear out space, using that speed to get rid of the safety and, and, and maybe a corner and giving, you know, opening up that underneath area for your tight ends or, or for Chubb or Hunt to kind of sneak out into the flat, that kind of thing. That's, I mean, that's a big part of the speed too. That's something that, that they lost a lot with, with Odell out last season. Um, but if you have, you know, shorts sprinting across the field uh, diagonally or just straight down the, the sideline, the defense has to deal with that. And it's usually, you know, it's going to take more than just one person to deal with it. Yeah, he just brings that intriguing um, kind of what, you know, we don't know what he can bring, but when you kind of think about it, it's kind of, it can be exciting to think about what he can bring to this offense with that speed, even if it's only for like 10 plays and you can hand the ball off to him too. I mean, that's something he did at Auburn. I know you got a lot of other guys you might want to hand the football off to, but we know they like to use Jojo Natson on those little end arounds. They like to do funky things with those receivers coming around the end. So uh, that, that's a way that you can use him too. And it's just some of it, even, even though this is an important game, some of it is just putting stuff on film. So that whether you actually do it against Kansas City or not, some defensive coordinator now has to watch that tape and say, okay, we got to watch out when Anthony Schwartz is on the field. They might bring him in motion and hand him the football. Yeah, they'll definitely do that at times. They, As you mentioned, they've demonstrated that they love to run the jet sweeps and the reverses and all those, all those kind of creative things. I think it would be interesting to get 
Odell and Anthony Schwartz on the field together at times, because then you have to worry about double the trouble with that kind of speed. And, uh, you know, I think that that could be something that could really hurt a defense, but he has to show that he deserves to be out there. He's got to demonstrate that he's going to make the play. And he has not had very much time at all with Baker Mayfield. What we've seen with Baker over the years is that he does develop a chemistry with a guy that he knows. The Richard Higgins, the David Njokus, this summer, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Jarvis Landry. He gets into a rhythm with guys that he throws the ball to a lot. And he hasn't had an opportunity to do that with Anthony Schwartz. Uh, so if they, if they get plenty of that over the next two weeks, they can make it happen. If not, they're going to have to dial it back okay. a little bit. Okay. I think we, uh, I think we hit on everything. Did we forget anything today? Did, did any of you want to bring anything else up or are we good here? It was hot. Did we say it was hot? It was really hot. It's I think hot. you cannot overstate that. <laughs> All right. Well, our shout out today goes to Rick. I think it's Drea, D-R-E-A, uh, gave us a five-star review, says he bleeds orange and brown. Born in Ohio, currently living in Seattle, living across the country. I depend on the orange and brown talk podcast to keep me informed. Five stars all the way. So there you go. Leave us a five-star review, and we'll try and shout you out uh, on the Apple Podcast Store if you can do that. Okay, that'll do it for our day 20 podcast training camp. Almost over, guys. We've been here for every practice giving all of you podcasts. So come on, we deserve five stars and, and nice things being said about us. Uh, for Scott and Mary Cam, Dan, thanks for listening.